Patrick, we're we're recording. I mean, 200 episode, and you have surprised us with a bunch of special guests. I mean, I this is amazing. Two, 200 episodes, Sarah. I have actually sat down with you 200 times. I cannot believe it, Decipio, Kristen. I mean, how I have kept this gig. I mean, it is just okay. I love yeah, it. So we actually have a few guests. We have my wife, Kristen, on to discuss uh, the epic weekend, which was my daughter Gabby's wedding. Uh, and then we have one of our most popular guests, Joe DeCipio. One of the most wow. popular guests. Joe well, DeCipio, most popular. Well, I, I said right. one of one of. Oh, the I doubled the listenership to like 15 when I come yeah, on. From, from 15 to 30. Well, and also so that means I only have to get 16 new listeners to beat right. you, Joe. That's exactly right. <laughs> So, Sarah, it was an epic weekend. Okay, uh, I mean, so I have, much fun. I have to hear about this wedding. I mean, the wedding for people listening. I mean, this wedding was all out. I mean, you guys, the chandeliers. I mean, the the flower settings. Um, and as a woman who has planned a wedding, well, my husband actually planned most of it. But anyway, um, <laughs> the flower settings alone are a mortgage payment. Like I, or several mortgage payments. It was like you guys a, like a year's worth of mortgage payments. Yeah, you guys went all out. It looked incredible, Kristen. Like how, and and I just I did like I, I just loved my wedding. It was so much fun. How did you feel? I mean, you have to be so exhausted. I'm I'm actually not exhausted. I think that honestly, like we we had this vision. Gabby had this vision. Zach had a tiny, minute bit of input. <laughs> um, <laughs> He had some like, veto do, power. Like, that was do it. you want flowers at your wedding? And he was like, sure. That was the input. Um, I think I think we just kind of all had this vision. And when you have an amazing planner and all these amazing vendors that get your vision, you kind of just throw it up in the air and you're like, hey, I think it's gonna look beautiful. But when you at when we actually saw it, we were like, holy. You know, yeah. like, holy, wow. So I, I mean, it was just, it was magical on so many levels. And just to see, like, Gabby just look at that room and look at everyone in that room. And listen, coming out of the last two and a half years, I mean, it was just so awesome to be able to have everyone there and people we hadn't seen from for, like, two and a half years. People flew across the country for Zach, all of his buddies. We had guys there from Hawaii, from Georgia, Arizona, family there. It was, I think, just, like, that whole collaboration of having that wedding, having it so happy, and the weather was there. It was, like, 103-degree heat index, but, like, no one cared. Um, the band was fabulous. I mean, like, People didn't get off the dance floor for four hours. Okay, the band was the spectacular. Song. The band was spectacular. Listen, it was everything my daughter wanted, and it happened. And it was, I wanted to do it again this Saturday, but Pat said we couldn't. Well, I would literally need six more jobs. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. And by that. the way, Joe DeCipio had his daughter graduate that Saturday from William and Mary, congrats on that. And yeah. mm -hmm. he got in a car with, with his, with his better half Peggy and drove yep. up, made it to the tail end of, of the reception. And, and then uh, was a trooper for the after party. Yeah. Then we had an ex, sorry, we had an after party too. Okay. How yeah. late did the after party? I mean, the Paulini's 
you know, they're very- 2 a.m.? Yeah, they they can party. Yeah, I mean, I think the last round of green green tee shots was like 1.50 a.m. Oh yep. my God. Were you guys yep. functioning on Sunday? Did you guys do like a I wasn't, run? I was not even like, I was perfectly fine. I talked too much. I, I, I did not eat what I, I wanted to eat. I, I, uh... I was on the dance floor. Like it, that's the thing I wish kind of like our wedding, Pat, like we, we wish we could go back to it again and just eat all of the food, all of the desserts. I, ate, stand up. Yeah, I don't worry. Yeah, I he, oh, did, eat? Eat. he okay. did eat. Yeah, I ate. I yeah. Know. Okay, but Patrick, didn't weren't you one of the few people that gave a speech? Like, how did that go? Were you nervous? How'd that go? No. Listen, I'm no, not just saying well. this. You know, people told me they said it was an excellent speech. The cadence was was good. The the tone was good. I was panicking a little bit though because they each did their own vows. Okay. Gabby wrote hers and went through them, and then Zach did his. And it was interesting because Zach mentioned from his perspective, three of the things that I had put in my speech, signs that I knew this was the real deal, the two of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting next to, obviously, Kristen at, you know, when they're getting married, and I'm like, I got to change my speech. I got to change my speech. I just have That's to very true. And, yeah, we all know how he gets, too. And I was like, can we just listen, She's like, please? no, just, just set it up as, from a dad's perspective, these things were signs, like they were from Zach's perspective. Yeah, obviously different feeling. So anyway, it worked out really well. And I actually re-listened to it. Somebody taped it because we haven't seen the video yet. And uh that actually was pretty good. I have you, to say you did you did really well, Pat. It was it was a very nice speech. But Sarah, overall, I mean, you know, oh, Chris and I awesome. were sitting there Sunday night, exhausted, watching the PGA, and we said, Would you change anything? And the answer was no, which is no. great. Yeah. The rehearsal dinner was great. Fabulous dinner. Welcome party after that. Um, golf Friday. Uh, yeah. All okay. good. Yeah. I have two more quick questions. Gabby's dress was, uh, and I loved your suit, Patrick. I thought I thought the suit colors were great. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, thanks. Um, Kristen, how long did it take Gabby to pick that dress out? Uh, we, we visited one boutique, uh, Love Couture, over in Potomac. They're, they're fabulous. Shout out. Um, she literally went in with one idea, thought she was just going to, that was the, that was the dress she wanted, tried on four dresses and came out with a completely different, totally. Yeah. Like Cinderella ball gown. So that was a, that was a Haley page. And then she changed into a different one around nine o'clock. Right. More comfortable to dance. You know, and so forth. So I know Joe DeCipio, who claims he's not going to pay for any of his daughter's weddings. I'm not. There's <laughs> no luck. way that's Joe, true. just stop that nonsense. Oh, oh actually, in 100% seriousness, why <laughs> in the 21st century do I have to pay a penalty because I have daughters? It's complete, total <laughs> fucking bullshit. And you can keep well, that. We can, we can curse on this podcast. <laughs> Well, that may get edited by Victoria. You guys didn't tell me that. I would have. Come on. Hey, no, seriously. What? Why? That's that's left Joe. over. Joe. Years ago. Why am I supposed you... to pay for my kids, my daughter's wedding? Because I had a girl. It's outrageous. And I'm not it's... doing it. Oh, my God. We wow. need. I need a cocktail for this conversation. Right, so I let me ask you this question, it. Joe. Will you split it with, uh, with the. Uh... What we have told our girls is we will give them some yet undetermined amount of money to do with as they see fit okay, okay. we'll see, we'll see how that goes. they want to put a down payment they want to do whatever 
But I'm listen. not getting saddled with the bill because I had a daughter. It's out. Oh, hey, listen, I think I do. I do think so, that's. By a the fair way, you question. have three daughters. It's a fair question. So if you think I'm spending that money on, I'm not doing it. It's outrageous. No. I. Chance. We'll see when we'll see when the time comes. You, yeah. well, we have some Patrick time. says ain't happening. Yeah. They all okay. Just like you weren't going to buy a second home in North Carolina, and you went down <laughs> one day later and bought a home. Literally, Joe was there for 48 hours. He's like, I'm buying a house. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of privilege on this. Oh, well, that podcast. was my wife said, you're buying a house. I yeah. tried not to buy a house. Anyway, I'm just, I'm just so happy that Patrick's speech is over because I've literally had to listen to it 14 times a day for the past 18 months. So That's I'm not just, true. It is so true. Uh, Every night. Does this sound good? Let me time it. I think but, I, I want to change way, this a, part. It was a work in progress, but my initial concept remained intact from the beginning, which was, which right. was good. And, and let's just, let's just put into perspective too, that the wedding was amazing. It was magical and ep epic, but it was also an amazing night for the kids because so many of their friends traveled to get there. Um, and that part, that part is what I loved so much. It does much. move. So, Sarah, you said the it same thing. It moves so way. fast. Yeah. Oh, in a blink of an eye, it yeah. was over. Do you have to focus on like what's going on right at that moment? Don't start worrying about, oh, we only have an hour left. It's hard to do, but it is. It's so, and, 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 you know, okay, well, look, you guys know I'm from Maine. So, you know, half my wedding party was out smoking weed, like in the back of the yeah. I mean, did everyone behave? <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we had really any, I, yeah. Not, nothing that we don't, we know about. So I think, you know, I, I will say fun. real quick, I'll add the band was, uh, Kristen mentioned the band was spectacular. Yeah. No one and stopped dancing. So people were dancing for like two straight hours. I mean, literally like not. And I, it actually probably cut down on the drinking because yeah. they were they didn't leave the dance floor or they had oh, a I drink. Think, I think they, they started drank. a drink, put it down. I mean, we drank a lot, but it, nowhere near. I think if like people weren't dancing, the alcohol consumption would have been been much higher, which was kind of interesting. So, oh my god, the only but, wedding uh, I think I've ever been to where you could not get on the dance floor, could yeah. not. It was great. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really awesome. Oh my you know, God. I, I will say this about weddings. Every wedding I've been to has a vibe, right? And you can sort of tell at the wedding how the, you know, the future of yeah. the <laughs> yes. couple getting married, that the vibe at that wedding could not have been greater. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's so Sweet. nice. They, they are. They, they're a really awesome. nice couple. They're an amazing couple. Oh my God. I call Joe. them our family power couple. Family power. Couple. And actually, they're in uh, Joe's hometown this morning. Denver, yeah, they're in Colorado. Denver. Joe, yeah. they went. They went to Breckenridge yesterday. Loved it. Nice, nice. Yeah. I sent them a couple of places. Yeah, me. they said. Anything else, Sarah? On the I, wedding? I we, can't we wait to let, see more let pictures. My better half go. It, it was awesome. No, it looked beautiful. I kept. I was saying to Patrick, I kept refreshing Instagram yeah. and Twitter all week, and I was like, I want to see everything. Like all their outfits. Yeah, I mean, the craziest though, because we got there early for pictures and. You know, we saw them still setting up. They literally hadn't built. So we had a 24-person center head table, and they built a pergola over the top. So the fl the florist literally built the table so the wood poles and posts can go over the top. And it was just starting to get put. And, like, that was the only thing, like, you start, like, you know, it all came together, but 
there were so many people running around. You start freaking out like, oh, my God, yeah. is that going to be picked up? Is that going to be done? I mean, we had to be there for pictures. But so that was the only thing that where there was maybe a little stress. But other than that, it was nothing. So. Oh, my God. Well, Kristen, yep. yeah. you guys, congrats. Right. It was so awesome. Bye, oh Kristen. God. Bye, guys. Have a great Bye. podcast. Bye. Thank, thanks, Pat, for finally having your wife on on number 200. Yeah, number 200. I really appreciate it. I mean, you got to come back. I mean, he won't even let us tell stories about you. I mean, I mean about him. Oh, I mean, my God. That's I what mean, we need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Joe well, so, can get 16 followers, Kristen might be able to get 25. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, once I retire, you could have Kristen on. Oh, like. good. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, and then it can be, and then it can be like a really, really cool uh, podcast. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye, Kristen. Bye. Oh my God. Well, congratulations. Oh. That looked. I can't wait to see more photos. I was like, I want yeah. to see them all. So it looked so good. So much fun. All right, what are we actually going to talk about? 200 episodes. So where do you guys want to start? I mean, there's lots going on. I think we start with the Commanders. uh, That's big news. Joe, who lives in Virginia. So the Commanders, (laughs) uh, two things on their front. One, it looks like the investigation is getting serious. There was a report yesterday. I can't remember who from that the owners are being kind of off the record polled on how they would vote if the investigation into Dan Snyder and the and the team and the fraud alleged for charges was actually true. Uh, would they ever remove him? So that's the first question. Second, uh, the commanders, the team purchased, or they purchased the rights to occupy or then purchase uh, uh, about 200 acres in the Woodbridge, Virginia area. For those of you who don't know, is about an hour outside D.C. into Virginia, Prince William County, and quite a ways away. Traffic is hellacious. Uh, so, Joe, as a Virginian, what do you think? No, I, first of all, I don't want him here. Second of all, it's the worst. Well, I don't care where they go, but it's the worst place. So when you say you don't want them there, why? Yeah, I'm not a fan, right? I'm not a commander's fan not a snyder fan actually i look i think they should be in the city right why wouldn't you move back to dc a place where you have metro easy access i'd love them to redevelop rfk and put it there it's a great spot for them right woodbridge is the worst you can't it's the it's one of the worst traffic bottlenecks in america it would you have a lot so san francisco is pretty far outside of san francisco the L.A. stadium's not right there. You have Dallas, which is almost 45 minutes away from Dallas. You have Atlanta, which is, you know, you know, pretty far out. So my sense is they want to build this megaplex with hotels and retail and, and, shop and restaurants. And I would say, you know, I read an interesting article yesterday. I believe it was in The Athletic about how... There's a huge former Redskin base in the northern part of North Carolina, Richmond, oh. out west into Virginia, and they've really lost a lot of their fan base in the Maryland area with Baltimore and some other teams. So it actually, you know, it, it may not be the worst idea in terms of having a destination, you know, where you have hotels and and everything from a it's weekend not that far from the city it's not even 30 miles away right, right. So it's a distance thing 
it's i mean it's 20 20 miles but it's only an hour hour and 10 minutes from richmond it's, at that the point area is a nightmare to get to do they kick yeah. schneider out joe you know i didn't i didn't think so because they who was the owner of the the panthers that they kicked out uh richardson right he was gone without it so i don't understand why they didn't do that with he schneider. made ra- he read he made racial remarks though i think there was pretty oh, clear I got it, but yeah. you know schneider has all these uh, sexual harassment charges and other things i don't understand i don't know but like you said the reports are they're getting ready to get rid of him i don't know why now i always i don't i don't see it i don't see it you know they're buying land they're getting ready for all this stuff I just don't see it. Well, wait, did you both read the report? You know, there's something about that Snyder might be removed, but it will go to his wife. Did you see this? And children. So, I mean, he would basically be running things behind the scenes, but it might be. You know, I could see something like that. Some like fake where he's not running because technically right now he's not in charge, but he's in charge. Obviously, it's a it's a paper thing, right? It's it's, I don't know if I don't know how you could remove him and then allow it to transfer transfer to it there's no difference then at that point right the nfl would get roasted over that so does the nfl care they are very image conscious are you kidding yeah, you no. know that right protect the shield right i mean think about all the things even advertising wise that we can or can't do right there's a whole list they're very protective of their image and of their shield. so the uh sarah the other um commanders news or I should say former commander player news that came out yesterday was um, Dwayne Haskins. Yes, very sad. Who had been hit by another vehicle some months back at 6, 6.30 in the morning. Uh, you know, it was first reported he ran out of gas. You know, we always knew, you and I, Sarah, talked about this. There was always something fishy about that story or not right. And it turned out the autopsy autopsy came out yesterday he was three times the legal limit uh he had ketamine in his system he was with a woman who was not his wife he had gotten in a bar fight several hours before just not a good situation you know i mean that doesn't change the fact that it was a tragic accident um and you know loss but um you know we knew something was was up with that yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it does make sense um, because, right, the whole situation didn't make sense of him sort of pulling off on the highway, walking. And no, and it's sad for everybody. I mean, it's sad the dump truck driver isn't going to be charged with anything, but it's sad for him. Another vehicle, you know, tried to avoid hitting him, struck him. You know, that that's it, the whole well, thing. Is what tragic. I wanted to ask Joe about is there was two. I can't remember the second reporter, but Adam Schefter from ESPN put out a tweet initially discussing his checkered past and yeah. I think in implying that, you know, maybe that's something to do with the accident. Right. You just got roasted. Like it turns out he's correct. Or at least somewhat correct. Or at least, you know, his, his, his initial instincts and his questioning what really happened was correct, which is. But that was all our initial instincts, right? When the story came out, you're like, come on, he's just not, nobody's walking on the side of a highway at 6.30 in the morning, right? Just not. 
Yeah, just, uh, it, it turns out he wasn't out for a jog. But Patrick, right. what's your what's your point? I mean, don't you think that that tweet? Was no, I just think it's the typical social media craziness. Like, you know, here's a reporter who may have had some inside information, maybe have had a source. Don't know. You know, listen, could could he have waited? The initial tweet about it was, you know, he's had a checkered pen. Like, is that relevant at that time? I guess is the question. Uh, as it turns out, probably was. But, um, you know, he was called racist. It was a racist comment, tone. If he wasn't a, uh, you know, an athlete, you know, you know, would that have been, you know. Right. So it just, I saw I saw a bunch on social media say that, you know, he deserves an apology. And then some were saying, no, he doesn't, because still that was his initial reaction and he should have waited for the facts himself. So it was just an interesting sidebar to the, uh, to, to the, um, and, I, and that, there was another reporter who, came out and did something similar a few days later. And he also got, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really change. I mean, look, I, I think all of us thought there had to be something else, but it doesn't change the sadness and tragedy. No, not at all. That's what I said. Yeah. And what was he? 24 years old. Yeah. He was so young. Yeah. Right. But it also said like, you know, listen, there's a lot going on in these people's lives and, you know, are they getting the help they need? you know, from the teams, from the NFL. I think there's a whole set of questions there that, you know, should should be looked, looked okay. at as well. This is a whole different subject, right? But coming into that money, right, at such a young age, it's got to be terrifying, right? I mean, you don't know what to do with it. You're 22 years old. Maybe you have financial literacy. I couldn't imagine at 22 you know, getting whatever the numbers are, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars. Honestly, at 22, I would have been in Vegas every day. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, yeah, I'm being yeah. serious. Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah. I, I mean, I, look, I but, still and Joe, not only the money, but you went, did he win the Heisman? I don't think so, but he won no. a national championship, right? So here's a guy who's the best of the best in college or one of the best wins a national championship, Ohio State. He's a god on campus. Then he goes to the Redskins at the time, um, struggles, goes to the Steelers. He's like the third string, I think, at the time. Didn't I don't think played a down last year. Uh, like so, throw the money in, and then the emotion and and the you know you're not you're you're struggling in the NFL. You're not crazy. Not easy. No. So anyway, Joe, I want to ask yes. you, I mean, it's been a long time since you've been on this show. I mean, what, I know. what is your overall thoughts of the compromised Republican Party? I mean, where where are we at? You know, I want to know your thoughts on it looks like Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned potentially June. I mean, and, and what do you think? I What do you just even think of these midterm elections for the Republicans? Who are, are, are you trying to get? You're trying to get me fired? There's a reason. <laughs> yeah, Joe, tell us your opinion. On I haven't Wade. come on. There's a reason I've stayed away from this podcast. <laughs> I like that. All right, so look, as an initial matter, and Patrick knows this, my view is that the draft Roe v. Wade as a matter of law is correct. It's 100% correct. There is no constitutional right to privacy or right to abortion. There's not. The okay. decision was horrible. And by the way, this- people listening to this podcast probably know that you're an attorney, but just to yes. put that out there, you are an attorney. So when, wait, when you right. say that, you mean that the initial Roe v. Wade 50 years 100% ago- 100% wrong. It was 100% wrong. Okay. It was, they made it up. It's 
it, there was actually a great piece in the Wall Street Journal weekend section a couple of weeks ago that went through it and talked about how it was completely made up. It's totally wrong as a constitutional matter of law. That puts aside the poly. And by the way, a woman's right to choose, I fully support. So let's separate yeah. the law from the policy. The other thing that everybody goes crazy about is, oh, it's called stare decisis, which means you re you respect previous Supreme Court precedent and they shouldn't change their mind. Stop with that. That's complete idiocy, right? Anybody, Brown v. Board of, Brown v. Board of Education, anybody which turned over Plessy v. Ferguson, which said separate but equal, stop. The Supreme Court makes mistakes. They correct them. They actually overturn them. You know, they change their minds the statistic was once or twice a year. What it really means is the lower courts have to respect what the Supreme Court has decided. But this argument that you can't change 50 years of precedent is ridiculous. It happens all the time. So stop. Joe, doesn't it come down to, and we had Katie Barlow on the morning after the leak of the draft came out. Doesn't it come down to just the lack of, the lack of conviction from a congressional Senate standpoint, they should have they should have codified this when you know if and when they had the chance. right. Absolutely, and this is really a legislative function, right? So there's no constitutional right. There's just not. It was a really bad, bad decision. So do we believe that, or do we do we think that the leak will stand, or do you think somebody changes? Do you I think don't. They... I look. I. It will be redrafted more than once. I don't think any votes will change. I just mm -hmm. don't, right? So, so it, if it comes down, Joe, as they they side with Mississippi, it'll be 15 weeks. And any laws that are, any states that go <clears throat> more aggressive than 15 weeks, that could end up at the Supreme Court again. Correct? But I mean, it depends on, on whether or not they, how what they overturn right if they set it only at 15 weeks and don't make further they could it you know you have all these other states that are putting uh, laws through that you know from conception so it's hard to know without seeing what the actual text of the decision says but it 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 could be worse from the standpoint of when you could get an abortion but i mean look on a sarah to your other to your question, the grander question is it makes me sad that we seem to be moving backwards as it relates to just how humans treat humans, right? And right. how in the right. 21st century we're, we seem to be going backwards is bothersome to me. Um, and I don't, Patrick and I talk about this, it, I'm still mystified by Trump's cult-like sway over the Republican Party. Um, one of the things that I do for Fox is I clear political ads and most of the ads on the Republican side are Republican candidates who are trying to prove that they're the furthest right, most Trump like candidate there is. And it's it's I don't understand what happened to sort of traditional Republican principles. They've largely disappeared. You know, we'll see. Look, I can in Georgia, it doesn't look like Purdue's going to win. Uh, he's he's getting killed. He's going to get so, killed. So who knows? And then some of it depends on what happens in the in the general. Usually the party in power loses in the midterm. So I think that's an expectation. So I read an article yesterday in terms of Trump 
specifically endorsed candidates thus far on the House side and, and the Senate side, he's three for three. I mean, three for six. Okay. So, you know, I think his so-called cult-like, uh, you know, being the being, you know, the party, his his control over the party has waned. I think it's diminished. I still think it's thirty percent or whatever number you want to come up with in that range. I think that um, you know, I read an interesting article today. You know, talking about the Democratic side, how they're worried about Biden. He's got a negative fifty six rating. Kamala has one of the worst approval ratings in the history of vice presidents at this point. And people say that doesn't matter for vice presidents. I do think in this case, you know, and the article is trying to make this point that with the uncertainty of Biden, if he's going to run again in 24, based on his age, it is important where the vice president is. Because then you start looking at the Democratic, you know, depth chart. There's not a lot there where the Republicans certainly, I think, have more depth assuming Trump doesn't run. Uh, so, I, you know, I think the House is going to be a bloodbath for the Dems. I just do. A typical midterm, throw in the inflation, throw in everything else going on. I, you know, but I will say, so far, more moderates are winning than the right wing what you know and more moderates are winning versus progressives i read an article that the dem moderates are doing very well beating mostly the progressives they're running against in the primaries well, the, the dems need that desperately right i mean the both so do the republicans joe you know what uh, look, like, look, listen look at the governor candidate for pennsylvania i can't remember his name i should remember it he was an election yeah. denier and yep. Josh Shapiro, who's the Democratic candidate for governor in Pennsylvania, is going to crush him most likely. Yeah, no question. Right? Now, Josh Shapiro is extremely popular, moderate, former attorney general. He's a great candidate. So good candidates will be bad candidates in, in, in most cases. So, so the, the, listen, the other thing, Sarah, to your question to me, and Patrick knows this, I, I cannot get over our inability to deal with gun violence in this country. Oh. Right. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Yeah, Joe, what uh, is know, your suggestion? I'm curious about that. Look, I listen, my view is, first of all, this is another thing where this right to bear arms is totally misinterpreted, right? You don't actually have a right to bear arms. It was a right to form a militia. There is no reason why we should allow people to have semi-automatic rifles, even handguns. They're there for only one purpose, which is to kill other human beings. We're the only civilized for lack of a better term country in the world that has this problem and listen I, you know it it's it's i don't know about you guys or other listeners but it's always in the back of my mind right i'm you know i'm i'm sitting in you know i'm sitting in a restaurant or in a gathering look i was at my daughter's graduation right in the in the in the football stadium zabel stadium at william and mary you know i don't know how many of us that are there ten thousand kind of looking around, there's no real security. What's stopping anybody from coming in and just opening fire, right? Yeah. And that's in my head when I'm sitting in the stands. That really, and I, and I just watch, you know, there was a great sign at the, uh, the uh, you know, the, the, the uh, women's rights march here where somebody held up a sign that said, guns have more rights than I do. That's right. What? And Patrick's answer is always, oh, what are you going to do about it? You can't get it off the street. I don't want to hear that. 
We got to be. How as a society is it okay that none of us can walk anywhere and feel safe and that we're not going to be, that somebody's not going to open fire? I don't know if that's true. Second of all, I think. Where where do you feel safe? my issue with wait, where do you feel safe? I feel pretty safe most places. I don't. Why? Okay, because I do. Grocery store. You can't go to a movie That's theater. That's not true. You, what? There's been two mass shootings. I, you know who I don't think feels safe? Most people in 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 crime ridden inner cities where the Why? illegal where the illegal gun violence mm-hmm. is off the charts, which no one for the most part wants to address. And I'm saying you can't do two things. But what I'm saying is. This theory that the only time we talk about gun violence is when there's a, you know, a mass shooting. And yes, it's utterly disgusting and tragic that an 18-year-old, I believe, can go in and buy an AR assault rifle and then come out and kill people. And it's called a legal purchase. I agree with you. That needs to change. 21, no guns before that. I also think these prosecutors in these inner cities, if you have an illegal gun, five years mandatory jail. Goodbye. You know what it is? They don't prosecute them. They dumb down the sentences. They give them probation. They're back on the street and they're shooting somebody else. Where's all these organizations and all these protests? You had 37 people killed between Chicago and Philadelphia last weekend. 300 percent. And the country's never cared about inner city violence. They have. It's disgusting. But we're not. But you and I aren't disagreeing. But I, I just can't believe as a country that somehow I agree. There needs to be a multifaceted approach to attack this on without. Listen, the Second Amendment's not going away, and I agree with you, Joe. I think the interpretation, similar to church and state, I think was suggesting it should go away. Right? You want to go hunt? Go hunt. You want to go have target? Go do that sort of stuff. And a lot of the guns rights advocates are always, oh, well, a good guy with a gun would have solved it. Really? How did that work out in Buffalo? It didn't. It's ridiculous. Stop it. Why are why as a society do we accept gun violence and put that above every other right that any of us have? Why don't I have a right to be alive? Why don't I have a right to go sit in a movie theater or go out to dinner or at my daughter's graduation and not be looking around for the exits and thinking about, I actually thought about if somebody walked in, how I would cover my wife and my daughter. That's in my head and it's not unreasonable. Why do we live like that? Why do we accept it? It's outrageous. It is. I I just, you know, it is. Give Joe a show. (laughs) I, I think... Yeah. Yes. As I'll say again, I think it needs to be a multifaceted approach. Raise the age. I think I do think I I disagree with Joe. I think as a legal citizen, I should have a right to go through the Maryland state process, which is exhausting. Numerous background checks. There's a waiting period for me to buy a handgun. I'm not going to go out and shoot anybody. I keep it in my home. I go to a gun range. I don't think that ever should go away. I'm sorry. I just don't. But I do think there should be age requirements. I think there should be extensive background checks. But I also think we got to figure out how to get the illegal guns off the streets. There's so many out there. You cannot take legal gun owners' guns away or limit their ability to have them without addressing the other side. It's just not fair because then it switches. Then I don't have a right to protect myself and the legal gun owners who are out there shooting people, carjacking people, they have more rights than I do. So I think it has to be a multifaceted approach. 
that's just just my thought. I agree with that. I mean, I agree with that. And why do you do you think that it's the Second Amendment, Joe, that keeps it so strong, or do you think it's now like the NRA has become so oh, strong? It's, 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 it's own- the NRA's ability, right? <laughs> you know, the gun the gun lobby has been brilliant and effective. The NRA, whoever it is, and then look, and then it gets rolled into politics, right? And you know, even Patrick's argument, my legal right to my gun. Nobody's suggesting to take legal guns away, but why are certain guns legal, right? Why are semi-automatic <laughs> rifles legal? Why are why is tactical gear and all these sort of things legal, right? We can change all of that. So, and again, I'm not suggesting that people shouldn't have guns for hunting or other uses, but the fact that it's any gun, essentially any gun anywhere, anytime, and that none of us can walk out of our house and feel safe I don't understand why that, why I just, it mystifies so Sarah, me. The other thing with this and other laws is the gerrymandering of congressional districts has jumped the shark over the years if that only. everyone is so afraid to vote with their conscience on say an issue like this, because what will happen is the minute they get elected, they vote let's say for a piece of legislation that doesn't agree, it doesn't conform to the leadership of their party, either on the Dem side or the Republican side. And they get primaried by a person who's more left or more right. And in most cases, they're out within two years, right? So gerrymandering, which has made probably about 80% of the districts either solidly blue or solidly red, has I, you know, I think has forced some of these candidates, or I should say people who've been elected. Now, I think on the Senate side, there should be more conviction because they're in for six years. But there's not. They almost always, except for maybe a mansion, they always vote in lockstep with the rest of the party, which is just, it's odd to me. I don't understand how our politicians don't have more conviction. But it's it's unfortunate where we're at. Um, Patrick, I want just to ask you about this along the lines of politics. A couple of podcasts ago, we talked about the uh, Pennsylvania Senate race, you know, with Dr. Oz. It looked, they're basically in a tie, McCormick and Oz. Who do you think is going to win that there? Apparently, Oz is ahead by like 1,900 votes. Um, So how do you think that is going to... I think Oz wins because I saw something this morning that the RNC, the RNC... The Republican Senatorial Committee, RSC, and the GOP leadership are going against McCormick in his lawsuit. They're telling him, do not sue. Can't drag this out. We have to have a winner so we could go against Fetterman, who's got formidable Democratic, you know, lieutenant governor, looks the part of a, honestly, looks like a Trumper, but (laughs) if there's such a thing. And yet he's a Harvard grad. He's like a blue collar big six foot seven. There was an article about how, you know, sometimes it's style and appearance that gets you elected. And he kind of looks like your blue collar, hardworking Democrat, yet very, very well educated. Uh, I believe he's an attorney, Joe. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I I think that's right. Look, he does. He look. He looks kind of like I do, right? Nobody thinks yeah. I'm a lawyer when they see me. It's true. No, I, I yeah. <laughs> Nobody thinks I'm a lawyer. Okay, yeah, so, I wanted to ask you so about my, So my point is that, like, they, I think they want to say, okay, we got to move on now, right? We got to figure okay. this out. We're not going to we're not gonna spend months litigating on who gets to run against Federer. 
right? You're both tied, pick one, figure it out and, and, and move on. Um, okay. I don't know. I listen, I think, and you know, I know a little bit about Pennsylvania politics because I lived in Philly. I think what Josh Shapiro's strength is running for governor. I think Fetterman, if he rides that ticket or the, his coattails, I, I think that's a miss for the Republicans. I really do. I think they could have picked up the Senate for sure in Pennsylvania, and that would be a really good hold. And the question is, does Herschel Walker, you know, who's, you know, I mean, I don't want to say questionable candidate, he's, but he, why interesting, not? interesting candidate, I'll say. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's not a questionable candidate. If he becomes a candidate, he's a candidate, right? He's an interesting candidate. And uh, so that's, you know, Georgia's one where they pretty much had given to the Republicans. But so this, you know, the, 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 the Republicans, you know, usually it's the Dems who step on themselves. It might be because of this whole Trump thing. They're trying to walk that fine line like Yunkin did. The Republicans may screw this up and the Dems may hold the Senate, which, which would be interesting. Mm. So, um, okay, what, Patrick, what else? Any other topics? I mean, it's I, I love having Joe here. I could ask him all kinds of. <laughs> I don't want to come on, you know, two hundred. And I thought Patrick was going to hang it up after two hundred, but he'll still be going. He'll be going four hundred, six hundred. We'll be like, oh my god, the guy just talks to himself now. <laughs> you know what? I do that most times anyway, Joe. So. <laughs> um, no, I mean, Decipio, it's so great to have you here. It's like good to hear. Hey. Okay, over, you know, we've been talking about it for a year, two years, COVID. What's your take now? Are we in an endemic or are you a mask guy? What's your deal? Oh, I'm so over COVID. Oh. Um, the only area that Patrick's been able to persuade me on anything is I'm like, I'm done with it. I don't wear a mask. If you want to wear a mask, fine. Um, I think everybody's going to get COVID at one point or another. I don't know why I need to know when somebody tested positive for COVID, what's the relevance, right? And I don't, look, I had COVID. I don't mean, you know, there's still some things we don't know about it. But, you know, if you're comfortable wearing a mask, great. I haven't been in public situations. I will say what I don't understand when I'm outside walking around on the street or in the park and people wearing masks, I'm like, what are you doing, right? There's, so I, I mean, you never know what's going to happen with it, right? So I'm vaccinated, double boosted. I had it, uh, but I just, I don't need to know when, and it, I will say there does seem to be an uptick in people getting COVID. So many, you know, just anecdotally, like friends of friends have it, events or people are starting to not go. Like my daughter said to me, I'm not testing because my, my next daughter's graduating from high school next week, said I'm not testing no matter what because I don't want to miss graduation, right? And so yeah. you kind of get, I mean... Um, so so I, there's three yeah. things still going on that I don't understand that drive me crazy about this. And Joe and I talk about them every morning, right? Morning. One, how are two to four-year-olds still masked in New York City? It's utterly disgusting. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's the borderline abuse at this point, number one. Number two... Philadelphia goes back to school masking as these kids are getting ready to graduate. You're talking about kids who've lost, for the most part, socialization in 10th and 11th grade, heading into 12th grade, heading into graduation. Proms, they're canceling proms. Philadelphia, like another just ridiculousness. And the boosters for kids uh, six months to five. 
Okay, there was only, according to the CDC, there was only, and Pfizer, there was only 10 symptomatic cases out of the 1,639, I believe it is, in their study. Okay? What? You got to get three shots if you're six to five years old to get protection. They claim at 80% to not go to the hospital when kids aren't even going to the hospital as it is, but they could still get the virus. I just don't understand yeah. it. You know, as a parent, I, the marketing around this to get kids boosted, I don't understand where it's coming from. I just don't. I don't understand the push to force a eight month old or a two year old to get three shots that you honestly haven't been tested long enough. They just haven't. Yeah, that's and they don't protect crazy. you from getting yeah. the, the, the the virus. So I you know, I don't know. It's just the fact that New York is still wearing masks to the four year old is just and so Tanya, what you, what's your view on this? Are you over it? What's the story? No, I actually, I'm kind of with you. I think this is one thing I, I do agree with Patrick on. And I think, you know, I mean, it's not conspiracy, but I do think you have to put your questioning hat on as to why five-year-olds would need three shots when we know they're the lowest risk. Unless, of course, you know, you have a child that has some sort of, you know, if they're diabetic or what, you know, you know they're very vulnerable. I mean, I do think that's where you know, to me, I feel like that's just a money grab, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's just pharmaceutical companies going, okay, well, this is a great way to make $200 million. So, you know, <laughs> I, I do. I think that, I mean, uh, they, they've done it before. I. I think they do it now. But I agree with Patrick overall. It's very bizarre in New York why these kids continue to be masked. Um, I think the masks are a joke. I think everybody out here, you know, very liberal, right? I mean, nobody's wearing them. I, I got into an Uber. You know, Uber's gone back and forth in California. They said you don't have to wear masks. Now you do. I mean, you get into an Uber and I'm like, look, I don't have a mask. The driver's like, it's fine. I mean, you know, nobody's enforcing it anymore. It's a joke. I, I don't know. I mean, again, like if you want to wear a mask and it makes you feel comfortable, that's great. And if I was around other people who asked me to put a mask on for their comfort, I would. It doesn't bother me. But I look in Northern Virginia, it's a heavy mask wearing. You go into a grocery store, more than half the people are wearing masks. Which is 100% fine if that's right, if that's what they choose. You know, that's that's totally fine. I'll just throw one more thing in, Sarah, ties to the political front. You know, Joe and I also, you know, and Sarah, you and I, there was like four or five what what seemed to be rational epidemiologists, doctors that you kind of follow through this whole process. And what's interesting now is all these studies are starting to come out and the assessment tests in these schools, the, the learning that was impacted compared to comparing states and areas that returned within six months and those who stayed out for almost 18 months is so damning to those states that kept kids virtual for that long. And I do think that's going to have a significant, I think it had an impact in Virginia to some degree on the, on that gubernatorial race. And I really think it's going to have a serious impact on local county races, school board races, and and probably up to the state and federal level. So, you know, those schools that those, those mayors and and county execs and 
so forth that kept kids out almost 18 months should be ashamed of themselves at this point. By the way, that reminded me, Patrick, what? We spend so much energy on school boards banning books, right? You can't yeah. read a book, but you can walk in with a gun and fire away. Listen, I, Joe, no one disagrees. Well, I don't think you're allowed to walk in with a gun, but you're oh, right. You can. Right? Ban this book, that book. Oh, my God, don't let my kid think. And I love everybody's like, cancel, cancel, cancel culture. It's only cancel the stuff I don't agree with, yeah, right? That's, well, but that's also... People only want to hear their side, right? No one, no one wants to have new. Listen, new, we've just said this a hundred times on this point. Nuanced thought, nuanced approach, and nuanced conversation are few and far between. Yeah. Now they just are. It's either one way or the other way. But um, anyway, yeah. So um, we'll see where it goes. But two hundred episodes. 200. Oh my god. Unbelievable. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, we okay, three years ago, did we start podcasting? I mean, it must have been. Well, it has to be at least four years. Was it four? For 200. We've missed a few weeks here and there, so we're at least. That's unbelievable. We're at least four years. Maybe probably four years in a few months. I can't believe it. And he's lost lost money over the 200 episodes, so. (laughs) Yeah, I have. Well, listen, you know, when it's your podcast and, you know, you don't have to make money on it. That's it's right. A, it's That's so right. great. Um, Joe, it's awesome to see you. You look great. Oh, you always Thank you. Great to see you too, offer Sarah. a great perspective. Joe, what do you mean you look great? You're only seeing him from the neck up. Oh, well, wow. let's, let's not talk about that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Your best pal here is like throwing oh, you under okay. the bus. Okay. Yeah. Oh, his, his insecurities flare in the, at the oddest <laughs> time. So. <laughs> All right. Patrick, congratulations. Two of Sarah, you too. Thanks. By the way, all my joking aside, the wedding was spectacular. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, looked it, it really was. It was. I mean, it was. It looked awesome. Yeah. So good. All right. All right, guys. Listen, bye, bye, guys. See you next Thanks. week. Bye. Bye-bye.